0: This is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. Hi, my name is Derek D, and I'm one of the hosts of the Dealer News Today podcast, one of the most popular shows in the automotive industry. Today, we continue with Novel Thinking, our five-part series of special partner shows featuring Cox Automotive's Randy Kobat. Randy will be interviewing dealers that are making big moves in the industry and I can't wait to hear what they have to say. So, let's get to it.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Viotto's Novel Thinking Podcast series. I'm your host Randy Kobat with Cox Automotive. Today our guest is Dan Garatowski, sales manager at Nissan of Columbus in Ohio. We last spoke with Dan in the fall of 2020 and he shared how he and his team have kept their sales volume consistent with pre-pandemic levels throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. Dan shared that people and processes have been key in keeping up sales volumes during these unprecedented times. We are looking forward to hearing about how Dan and his team at Nissan are remaining ahead of the curve as the pandemic continues to impact our daily lives. So Dan, uh, thanks for joining me today and welcome to the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think the first thing that is probably on everybody's mind is how are sales here midway through February 2021?
0: You know, it's it's super interesting because we had um, kind of a slowish fourth quarter um, and we finished fine and we were profitable. So that was the good news. And then we didn't really know what to expect coming in January with the election behind us and, you know, possibly some stimulus coming. We thought you know, that we might be able to rebound and we had a pretty good January and February is, is surprisingly off to a great start. So we're positioned to finish the month well. We hope the, the snow will kind of turn around, but uh, we'll get through it and, and hopefully we'll finish with another, you know, really solid month in February.
1: Sure. Now, when we chatted in the fall, you'd predicted an acceleration in sales of used cars in the fourth quarter of 2020, but you said it was kind of slow um so what 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 do you think happened
0: you know i think you know just a combination of you know the election was not did not go the way anybody really i think anticipated it to go and maybe we should have seen that uh, a little better but um i think once we finally got through you know kind of settling all those court cases and all that angst in the in the community. I think once we got through that, then we started to see some positive momentum going forward. And that's really all it takes in the car business. Once you get some positive momentum, you can really start to make good things happen. So um, we're glad the fourth quarter is over. We're glad the election's done and we're ready to move forward with what's next in the first quarter and beyond of 2021.
1: That's great. That's good to hear. Um Now, you know, I think when we chatted last time, you know you had been really kind of challenged um, with from a sales perspective because you were struggling to get new cars, right, obtaining new cars. So how has that been since the fall on the new car side?
0: Well I think the good news is I think Nissan's done a pretty good job. I think they've positioned their the Nissan Titan truck well compared to some of the shortages that Ford and uh ram have seen um with the with the shortages of their supply so i think nissan has done a good job with their with their trucks and then we've launched the new uh, you know the all-new 2021 nissan rogue and we've got a bunch of those so i think we're positioned okay in the in the first and second quarter of this year we'll see how the um you know how the supply goes over a longer period of time but right now i think we're okay and we're i think we're positioned well to to have a successful first and second quarter
1: That's great. And and what about the used side? Um, You know, one of the challenges is trying to find good quality used cars in in a lot of markets. Uh, How how has that
0: been? So that that is that is the one of our biggest challenges in the first and second quarter is going to be acquiring inventory, particularly in our certified pre-owned department. We normally carry a little over 100, 110, 115 certified uh, cars in stock, and we're down as we're speaking, we're down into the 50s. So it's, mm-hmm. it certainly is a big challenge for us to get those cars. You know, the source that we normally use buying tons of off lease cars from Nissan has really dried up and, and become more and more and more aggressive with, you know, CarMax and Carvana and Vroom mm-hmm. having some access to some of those cars is kind of driving the price up. And we're not a dealer that's just going to buy cars to cover pavement. We really stick to our fundamentals, which is, you know, trying to acquire cars at the right prices so we can sell them profitably because we've been through the velocity mindset where you can turn a lot of cars, but if you're not making money on those cars, it really is, you know, kind of just doing push-ups. Um, so we are, we are looking outside of our, of our norm of just looking for, you know, from Nissan, we're looking at Mannheim, Odessa. Uh, we signed up with, a company called Car Offer. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but that gives us some access to um, some additional inventory. You know, and, I get, and as you know, Viato recently launched the consumer um, for sale thing with Viato so we can pull that report and try to source some cars from private sellers. So we're trying to hit it at every angle that we can, You know, looking at adding additional buyers to our fleet of buyers so we can have more eyeballs on more cars and try to, and try to win more often.
1: Yeah, that's great. And, and I've heard that from a lot of dealers that an omni-channel approach is really the best approach these days. Um, yeah. And yeah, even private party listings, um, you know, might not be something that, you know, some dealers really looked at in the past, but uh, um, it's, it's a way to augment your inventory and, and find some good quality used cars in some cases.
0: Yep, you got it.
1: That's great. You know, and when we chatted last, you mentioned velocity, But when we chatted last, you were also talking about, you know, how you've been shifting to provision profit time. Um, And now with the update with Profit Time 2.0, I was curious what your feedback was on that.
0: Grady, I don't want to overstate it, but Profit Time 2.0 is as exciting to me as Profit Time was two years ago. I mean, it is revolutionary in its design and in its practice. I mean, it is one of those things when I think we look back at the car business, it is going to set a new standard in how we price and merchandise our cars because of the absolute time that it saves and because of all the data points that you can plug in to give you your range. I mean, it is incredible to think that you can look at one car and it's time to do a price change And you have to think about what's the market day supply, how's my market, what's my history been with this car, how many others do I own, and then where do I have to price it? And the system takes all of those factors and many more and plugs them in and says, you need to be between this range and this range to return the most possible profit. And when you have that kind of ability to do that literally in seconds, I don't think you can overstate how powerful the software has become in the last two years. I mean, it's really that impressive, and I've only been on it two weeks, so <laughs> it's really, really impressive.
1: Yeah, well, thank you, Dan, for that feedback. That's uh, that's really gratifying to hear. But you know, yeah, we we think that you know the time is right to make pricing more scientific and more strategic, and. Um, it's really nice to hear uh, the feedback, and the time savings is, is an additional benefit from our perspective, and making it easier to implement. Um, so, so now that you've been kind of using it for a couple of weeks, or even as you've been observing the market, what does pricing look like out there? Is it is it you know still kind of higher than you've seen in the past?
0: You know, I think. Because everything is so fluid, right? And you are always on, you're always in the market, right? So it's so as the market goes up, your prices go up. As the market goes down, your prices go down. So I don't know that, I don't know that I analyze it that close to say like it's higher today than it was three weeks ago. You know, it probably is as um, wholesale prices have crept up, then your retail prices will follow. Um, but we're just we're just you know super focused on pricing to our metal grades and then using the guidance you know and making sure that we have a super high percentage you know in the pricing alignment so we can retain as much profitability as we can
1: Got it okay um, you know one of the things that you mentioned is you know kind of looking everywhere for used cars and and you know maybe, um, you know, you're still going to auction, I'm sure, in some fashion. Um, but, you know, what, what's your strategy now when you think about auctions and, and wholesale in general? Um, is it, is it uh, something that um, you've seen change here in the last six months since we last talked? Or you know, what are, what's some of your feedback on the wholesale market?
0: So I think the wholesale market continues to be a challenge, the good news is, is that we don't necessarily, I know Mianheim is starting to open up some of their auctions, you know, in person, but the good news is with all the technology that's available, you don't really have to go to get the same value. You know, they've really done a good job in the last six months kind of upgrading that arbitration policy and really kind of slanting it more towards the buyer than towards the seller, which I think was a was a smart move. And then, you know, with some of the technology that's coming where we're going to be able to see you know, much more detailed condition reports. I think that's a positive step. And then I also think with Mannheim Express, we talked about it uh, last time, and that's still a huge, huge asset for us where we can keep the cars on the ground. The concierge comes out and does the 360. You know, either we can publish the cars, they can do it for us. And then you can just, if you want to take bids, you can take bids. If you want to just set a firm price, you can do that too. And there's just so much flexibility um, with that service that we, we really get a lot of value, you know, out of that. Um, but overall, I think the overreaching approach is that you have to be involved with every part of the wholesale business, whether you're buying wholesale cars for your lot or you're trying to wholesale out of something. You mm-hmm. just have to have your cars posted where most people are going to see them. And that's kind of been our approach.
1: Yeah. And you previously spoke about wholesaling cars to other dealerships. Is, is that still something that you look at?
0: We do, um, and I mentioned Car Offer earlier and it's not a Cox brand, so I don't wanna talk about it too much, but oh, no, uh, okay. we recently signed up with, with Car Offer and that is um, 100% dealer to dealer, frontline ready trading of cars or buying cars. And it works really similar to, to StockWave where you set a business plan on the cars you're interested in and they just serve you those cars that match your business plan. The only difference is they're not at auctions; they're at other dealers' lots. So theoretically, they should be more frontline ready than what you could get at a sale, and then of course less fees. So that's a, that's an additional way that we're trying to source um, inventory for our lot, but also maybe wholesale a car, you know, to upstate Michigan where they have a need for a car that we own and they're willing to pay more for it. So so that's that's an additional um, avenue that we've that we've been using.
1: Got it. Okay. Um, and, you know, before uh, when we chatted, you were talking about, you know, digital retailing and, and you know, what has changed about digital retailing capabilities as a result of this pandemic? Do you think that it's a new trend or a fad or is it really going to be here to stay?
0: I believe and I, and I believe it's definitely going to be here to stay. The challenge that we all have is to make what is a very complicated transaction where you have first the customer has to find the car. And especially if we're talking about used cars, find the car, make sure the condition matches their expectation. They're going to want to work on price. They're going to going to work on payments. If they have a trade-in, if they want financing, aftermarket products, finance products, it's, it's, it's not as simple as, you know, Amazon, buy it now, slide the slide the thing and have it show up in two days, even though the language that we use on all of our websites tells the consumer how easy it is going to be to buy a car here. It's just not a super simple process, right? There, so the challenge is, is getting a digital retailing tool that can help the customers work through that process. Um, what we have on our website is a chat feature where we can see the customer interacting with one of our cars and either changing price or changing, you know, their credit score. And we can approach them hopefully in a non-threatening way where we can say, hey, we're here to help. We'll help you work all the way through the tool as far as you want. We'll help you set an appointment if you'd like to come to the dealership. We'll help walk you through the finance app. We can also, you know, set set an appointment to deliver the car right to your house for either a test drive or to finish the paperwork. You know, we try to be as flexible as we can to do it on the customer's terms, but that is going to be the challenge. Take a very complicated, complex process and try to simplify it for the consumer so they can get through the process and we can still you know, turn a profit because that's what we're all here to do.
1: Definitely. That's right. And, and, and I think consumers have become a lot more comfortable. Um, and, and so I think it's it, to your point, I think it's going to be something that's here to stay as long as we can create you know, a more transparent and consistent process.
0: Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, we, the customers are certainly much, much more uh, willing to let us deliver a car, a used car anywhere in the country. Just last week, we sent a car all the way to LA for a guy that used to live in Cleveland. So he was familiar with our area and our dealer and, um, he just said, look, this is the perfect car. This is the one I want. Let's talk about the tire tread depth, and let's talk about your inspection and let's get me financed and I'll send you my, I'll wire you my down payment. And then it gets on a truck and off it goes. And three days later, he's as happy as can be with his new car that matched his expectations. So if we're going to send cars all the way to California from Columbus, Ohio, you know, the, the sky is really the limit. It's just a matter of having the right car. Absolutely. You know, yep. Cause we always say the car is the star. If you have the right car with the right miles and it's priced appropriately to the market, you, you can sell it anywhere or you can sell it right down the street.
1: Now you sound like the auto founder, Dale Pollack, the car is the star, <laughs> right? It
0: always is.
1: Yep. Now finally, Dan, you previously shared that one of the biggest takeaways you had from the pandemic was the need to really build strong relationships and trust with customers. Um, Do you still think that that's the largest lesson you've learned now six months later?
0: Yeah, I mean, there are lots of lessons that we learned. And that that certainly is one of the most important is that, you know, if the customer is never going to visit your store, you know, except for maybe a five or 10 minute FaceTime call or um, some kind of video chat or Zoom meeting, you know, if they're never going to visit your store, never really get to know you, never really meet you. It's really, really important that you try to break down those barriers and make them feel comfortable with with what is going to be a very, very big purchase, and for my world, it's going to be a used car, so you want them to have confidence in what they're buying so I think that's that is one of the biggest takeaways and then you know the other one is just treating everybody fairly i think I think that's sometimes we we lose sight of that in this profit mindset and how we're all trying to make money, and we are and all and that's all great, but I really think that you know, the pandemic has taught me personally is just kind of take a step back and, you know, realize that we don't know what everybody else is going through all the time. So to have some compassion is really, is really something that is going to stick with me from the pandemic is to always think about, you know, maybe what somebody else might be going through, because you don't, you don't ever know. And just try to have that compassion in your heart, I think is, is something I'll take away from the pandemic.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Those are very wise words, Dan. Thank you so much for joining us today and uh, have a great first quarter and a great rest of the year.
0: Awesome. It's been my pleasure. Thanks, Randy.
1: Yep. Thank you. That was Dan Garbatowski with Nissan of Columbus, Ohio. Thanks for tuning into the Novel Thinking Podcast. I'm Randy Kobat from Cox Automotive. We'll see you next time.
0: This is Dealer News Today.